Welcome to Saboteurs, a movie podcast. I'm Anja. I'm Mai. I'm Misha. And oh my god, it's the three of us again. <laughs> Yay! Oh my god, we're back again. Dun, yes, I have been longing to do this episode <laughs> wow. again. Wow. But not for how 3, long? Years. Not uh, how long? Oh 3, my god. Years. Mga, ano, 2,998 lang, ganun. Medyo. I wish it wasn't that long. <laughs> yeah, wish mo lang, wish mo lang. Okay, <laughs> enough corny dad jokes aside. Enough corny jokes. I guess by what I was saying, what we were saying is that you could guess what movie we're t- going to be talking about tonight. We're going to be talking about the latest George Miller movie, 3,000 Years of Longing, starring Idris Elba, Mai. <clears throat> wow, grabe. Agad-agad. Ina-associate. Idris Elba Is it because I complained the last episode that you talked about Idris Elba and you did not acknowledge my presence? <laughs> yes. Maybe. But you're just, just a little bit. behind the scenes ako, hey! Hey. Yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. But but okay, fine. To be fair, it wasn't just Idris Elba in this movie. Um, Tilda Swinton was also a good um Of course. Yes. How could you go wrong with Tilda Swinton? Diba? Queen Tilda. Don't you just love her? I love her yes, so yes. much. Like uh I can't even begin to describe how much I love her. She really has this, you know, this ethereal air about her every time she's in a you know, this ethereal presence every time she's in a movie. Ethereal, but quirky, but not annoying, but with gravitas. I don't know. It's just like a hard mix of many different things. things. She's so complex. (laughs) She's so complex, but in the best way possible. Yeah, I mean, like, even if it's one of the most mundane characters you could be playing. Parang meron pa rin talagang air of fantasy. Or I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's just still the Swinton. It's still the Swinton. It is. 3,000 Years of Longing is a movie about a lonely... I'm not even gonna try and sorry. Can I, <laughs> sorry, I'm so <laughs> rusty. I am so rusty. condense. <laughs> okay. Misha, could you tell us what this movie is about? Love you. Do I have to? Yes, you, I, you seem so you, it's you one seem of my so wishes. Excited. It's one of my wishes. <laughs> you know. Pantsless uh, genies aside. Yes. Okay, okay. Fine. Tilda Swinton is a narratologist, which I swear I didn't even know was a real job. Basically, she goes around the world talking about the myths and legends that human beings have made up over the years to try and explain the human condition. So basically, she talks about myths, legends, gods, superheroes, all the things that we use to try and make sense of our day-to-day lives. And then one day, while she's in a conference in Istanbul, she comes face-to-face with the embodiment of one of those legends. She ends up meeting a jinn, or a genie if you prefer. She meets a jinn, played by Idris Elba, who wants nothing more than to grant three of her wishes. So basically, that's it. Mm -hmm. And the story, 3,000 Years of Longing, talks about his life and all the encounters he's had with humans over 3,000 years of living as a jinn. So, yeah. What do you guys think? Idris Elba. Yay. Oh my okay, god. Okay, wait, wait. Before we start about our thoughts, I mean, let's just get this over and done with. 
Mai, would you like to say something? I love Do you have so any much. kind words of I think we could just let her monologue at this point. Oh, uh, let's go. Uh, no, actually to yep. be fair. <laughs> <laughs> I know you guys are expecting like a lengthy thirst portion because yeah, it's me. It's Idris Elba. It's probably currently the number one in my very short, <laughs> short list of people I love and adore. Short, it's short, I mm-hmm. promise. I'm just, this is for Jason's sake. I'm just saying it's short. But anyway, um, okay, yeah, obviously Idris Elba, but I can't really reduce it the thirst jokes no matter how true it is that I do adore Idris Elba as an actor as a person and as a human being because obviously in watching this movie he has so much more to offer in terms of acting Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. he has he's gained so much respect as an actor already and he has that gravitas to for you to not reduce him to just his good looks Alam mo yung karespe-respeto na ayaw mong bastusin. <laughs> Gano'n yung feeling ko. But you want to. But like, the other way around is fine. Like, bastusin niya ako, okay lang. Because I'm trash and I give him my consent. But like, he's just that damn talented that it would be a sin to just like only focus on his looks. So as opposed to like other actors who have nothing but their face and body to offer, it's like Idris Elba distracted me in this movie convincing me that he's a jinn. That very good-looking jinn. But alam mo yun, I was more entranced in his story. So I think that's how effective I felt the movie and storytelling was. That I was able to set aside every instance of thirsting over just Idris Elba and just focusing on the jinn. I think I, think I agree with you. But I think it was more of... Um, it was more of the dialogue. Because... You know, there are some movies that are talking movies and you just kind of lose focus because it's just so boring. But how the script was structured and the interactions of both um, Tilda Swinton and Idris Elba in this movie was just, I don't know, you clung to every single word they would speak. Yes. It's a mixture of the script, which I agree it is beautifully written, but beautifully acted as well by Tilda and Idris. Mm. Like, half the time he didn't have a shirt on and I didn't, I wasn't like, Distracted. It's yeah. like, you know, like in, in other instances, if this were like a, a B movie or any other movie that wasn't as, um, as I wouldn't say deep, but like something as meaningful as this is. If it weren't that, I would probably have already been distracted and I wouldn't be listening to whatever beautiful words they were saying. But I wasn't. So, I, effective. I liked it as a story about stories and I don't know if that's the writer in me talking or what but I've always been drawn to narratives where um, the power of story the power of myth the power of the written word is able to convey more about the human condition than anything the characters can say or do in their adventure so I really like that everything that this jinn has learned about humanity he's conveying them in the form of a story to someone who is perfectly suited mm. to understanding it. Mm. Somebody whose very job is, is decoding stories. Now, that might be a little reductive in the way that in Nope, it pissed me off <laughs> that the fucking aliens um, behave exactly like horses, but it's okay because they invaded a horse farm um, <laughs> where the people there <laughs> knew exactly how to deal with them. Here, I buy Tilda Swinton 
in the role and I I buy that you have to have that level of dis- suspension of disbelief. I mean, it's it, it, it's a genie. Come on, it's a gin. <laughs> the fact that it's he's got the three wishes deal that he lives in a bottle. Um, fantasy is part and parcel of the whole thing. What I thought was crazy was that Tilda Swinton looks like she literally stepped out of a Wes Anderson. Oh movie. yes, she yes, does. She, it, it's kind <laughs> she of funny does. you said that because she's no stranger to being in a Wes Anderson movie. That's true. Exactly. It's like she just you know, yo Wes, I need a couple of my costumes. <laughs> I'm shooting this thing with a genie and Idris Elba. It'll make sense. I promise. And it's being directed by the guy who made Mad Max and Happy Feet. <laughs> and Babe. And Babe. Can you explain that resume to me? And the, the movie is directed by George Miller. And his he's technically only really done 10 movies in his life. Four of them are Mad Maxes. Two of them are Happy Feets. Two of them are Babe. Two, two of them are Babe. Yeah. <laughs> and then Genie. And then he's got this. And now he's making a prequel uh, to Mad Max, to 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 Furiosa, to Char- Charlize Theron's character. So he, his resume is insane. I mean, to just have that level of versatility is something I would love to be able to grasp because it means you're unpredictable. Like people can't just write you off for mm-hmm. a certain characteristic right. off right. the bat. Pero mas mahirap lang nasabihin na autor ka, pero <laughs> okay lang naman. I mean, it's up to you. If that's your thing, you kind of want to be different. No, but look look at it this way. The dude is 77 now. Holy moly. I mean, he was he was 70 when he made Fury Road. Yeah. He, just but a, that, he just but a number. Come on. I mean, it's the energy that he brings to the set and to his craft. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, I mean, talk about his work, his body of work. Um, what did you guys think of his execution for this movie? Um, first off, I want to get to the simplicity of the premise in itself. It is so short and so simple, but you can see how problems can arise from it immediately. So what what can someone who has everything wish for? Because it starts off like that. Tilda Swinton's character, she's pretty content with her life. She's, she's a well-respected academic. She's um, working on something she's passionate about. Fiercely independent. Yes, and... Here comes a genie who is so desperate to finally be free after 3,000 years. Being free, granting all those three wishes. But she can't think of any fucking thing to wish for at the start. So it's like, but then again, if if you're still the fucking Swinton, what else could you wish for, to be honest? But like, that's just so simple in itself. But it complicates things in the story, which leads us into this spiral of storytelling. It's just so simple but you know it's hard how to ex- how to explain the simplicity and complexity at the same time it's like, no I, I i get it it this easily could have been a two-person play no mm, bullshit you yes. know you could just put these two actors on a stage reading their script and you would buy it even mm. without the crazy visuals and don't get me wrong, the crazy visuals are fantastic um, because this is George Miller we're talking about. The CGI is a little bit wonky in a couple of places, but whatever. Um, the, the, this film, though, this 3,000 Years of Longing is actually based on a short story mm-hmm. by author A.S. Byatt. Um, I hope I'm saying her name right. And and the thing about uh, the way the difference between the way the movie plays out on the screen versus how it was on the page... Um, that I was a little bit disappointed by was that it took out a lot of the social commentary mm. that was in the original text because 
Um, the original text was making commentary about expectations uh, placed on women in society, things like that. And that's what you would have seen Tilda's character reacting to um, from the genie's different stories. But what George Miller did was he took out the social commentary part and played up the romantic, the romanticism of the stories, um, of the storytelling from the djinn to the point that um, Tilda is almost a side character in a lot of ways. But um, I think that when he's telling his stories, that's when I really enjoyed the movie the most. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I, I got issues with the final act. Yeah, we, we'll get to the final yeah, act later. Same here. Yeah. <laughs> but um, actually, I thought while watching, I thought that was where it was going, the whole social commentary thing. Because looking at um, Tilda's character… She's yeah, like we've mentioned earlier, fiercely independent. She's um, she is an academic, usually the type of woman that is looked down upon because she doesn't have a family because she doesn't. She's not like mm-hmm. what a traditional, she alone. yeah, yeah, yeah right. like what society but, expects of a woman. And that's what I liked about it in the start because. That really played up the factor at the start when she was like, I can't wish for anything else. I'm just like happy the way I am. So I was actually Mm -hmm. happy that she was happy in that state of mind that, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm single. I'm independent. Mm -hmm. So what? Um, Okay. In the story, in the story, in the short story, she actually has two kids Mm -hmm. from her divorce. Mm -hmm. And her first wish is... I mean, she does eventually wish for the genie to love her as she loves him, as she grows to love him. But um, her first wish was a bit more self-centered in, in, in the short story. The, in the short story, her first wish is essentially to have a younger body. Mm. But not, the perf- not a perfect body, just younger so she can enjoy herself a little bit more. She doesn't want to go back to her 23-year-old self, for example, because um, she talks about how she was, you know, she was harassed um, at that age. So she's like, make me 32 again. I'm cool. I'm cool with that. Give me my 32-year-old body. That's fine. I can live with that. It's a nice compromise. And that's before she, she, she falls in love with the genie. That's why I really wish that they'd stretched out his storytelling in between glimpses of her life. Yeah. I, I have the same thought. Because... Uh, you mentioned like a two-character play or a two-character story earlier because that was my initial mm-hmm. impression of the movie as well. And I thought we would get some of her, some flashbacks of some, or some, some of her stories because they, they had that first exchange of what their lives were like initially because she would, you, you know, in, when they first met and she was a little bit more apprehensive of, of the djinn, uh, she said that uh, when she was young, she had this little imaginary friend of sorts Right, like this little boy that she she wrote about, you know. So and and then after after his story about Shiba, she told him about her marriage. So I thought they would they would play up on that a little bit as well. But then eventually it became more about his stories, yeah, and a lot less of hers. And, and then we jumped to the third yeah. act, which was kind of like a rushed thing. So it was it yeah. the way it played out. It was like he was telling his stories, and at the end of it, it's like, oh, she is like. By the way, I can relate to this in this minute way. So it, it focused more on the yeah, but we story. don't know anything about yun her. Na eh. Kaya nga yun yung naging execution. That's what I'm saying is that right. it was we were given a whole visual yeah. feast of whatever the gin went through. Tapos parang 
at the end, when it came to Tilda's character, it's like, oh yeah, I get that because this is what happened to me, by the way, na sobrang by the way lang. Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree completely. I mean, like, look again. George Miller is one of our great, the great filmmakers. He can put together amazing, ridiculous imagery like nobody's business. Whether it's you know, the a pig in the city, Fury Road, <laughs> or Babe Pig in the City with that yeah, cartoon yeah. city that we were meant to take seriously. Those things are incredible, and the 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 scenes with the gene the gin stories in this movie are fantastically oh, realized. You know, each one could make its own short movie. Beautiful. Yes. Beautiful. Mm. But I think that George Miller's predilection for for the fantastic, he he really fumbled the ball when it came to balancing out the narrative mm-hmm. by showing us who this woman is and where she's coming from to the point that she's so underdeveloped, it's easy to read negativity into other things that in the few things that we do see about her mm-hmm. um, on social there are people complaining about you know complaining about racism and orientalism because here's this white woman who's going to set this black dude free and all he wants is to serve her or to serve any of the women who are in the narrative or or like when she finds his bottle for example um you know she's this proud white woman who ignores the two natives who tell her it's worthless but she's like nope I'm sure there's a story in it because she knows better because she's the white lady. So, you know, those are the glimpses that we see of her. But, you know, they could have done so much more with her. So she's not such a caricature. So she's not such a colonialist um, um, caricature. White savior, kumbaga. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And she's supposed to be okay just because, you know, she doesn't join in the ethnic bashing that her neighbors do. (laughs) So she's an ally by different. You're an ally by default because you didn't say nothing bad about, you know, the dude running the corner curry store. I mean, I don't get it. Yeah. I mean, I mean like, sayang. He could have, I mean, he, could, he really could have balanced a bit more of um, more of her character. Yeah. I mean, with, with the stories. It's a, it's a missed opportunity. I, I still enjoyed it. But, you know, like, it's not the perfect movie. But, you know, there, there is that. Um, since we're… we're yeah. I, I, I have to apologize for comparing so much. It's just that I… I I felt let down by the film as a whole because I was seriously unfulfilled by the ending. So I went out and read the short story that it was based oh, on. I, should. Mm. I, I wanted to do that, but I was, I don't know why I spaced out. <laughs> I should have <laughs> okay. done that. It's okay. But uh, coming into this recording, not knowing, I guess, um, for me, we'll just give my opinion on like what I thought of it in itself without knowing the source material. But it's great that you know it. So at least we have yeah. that point of view. Um, yeah. We have a lot of, I guess, yeah. we have a lot of uh, problems with the final act, I guess. But I, before we get to that, I kind of want to go back to what Anjo said about the direction and everything first before we like, before natin himayin. Yes. So let's sandwich it what we liked, I guess, first. Um, like, as mentioned earlier, we love the usage of stories and lore to paint a picture. <laughs> Of yes. a woman who is essentially stuck in her own fantasy world. So I think the film is also about questioning reality and your imagination. Because she did also bring up some parts where she had an ima- imaginary friend. She is actually uh, gaslighting herself a little bit. Saying that, <laughs> oh no, I, I'm, I'm just… My imagination is just weird. Don't mind me. She has those tendencies too. But um, you, I think in that sense, uh, there's that incorporation of the whole fantasy world that um, Miller is very good at. 
And you can see by watching it that it's based on stories, but it was able to translate it visually so well too. At least beautiful, for at least for the Jin's um, uh, storytelling parts of his past. With with the visuals, you get the same feeling as reading a beautifully descriptive passage in a book. That's what I felt. Yes, yes, I, I agree. It, it, I mean, the detail, the textures, mm-hmm. the colors. It's even just, the, the, the it's beautiful. It's I mean, beautiful. it's it's. I wasn't really surprised with how 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 great the visuals were in this movie. You know, sans the imperfect CGI because it's George Miller. Like George Miller has always had this. He's always been a you know. He's always been this visionary director. I mean, even Happy Feet. How could you make ice and penguins look interesting? Right? I mean, that's Happy <laughs> Feet. It's not the kind of cuteness that will just pass off as, ah, you know what, the kids will be happy with this one. Dancing penguins, mm. whatever. But a lot of adults actually also ended up enjoying it. Yeah. The first one. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Production I mean, design was A plus for me because it it was glossy in a sense that it's still fantastical. I mean, these are stories you're talking about, and it was just able to like this is what I imagine. This is what I wanted live action Aladdin to look like. Oh yeah. <laughs> this is just my opinion. Ah. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, that's shady. That's oh kind of shady God. to like the live Aladdin action Aladdin. Was, but I mean this was Oh it is I mean like I don't mind because I mean yes. Aladdin was underwhelming. Yeah. And the gene the genie was I'm sorry, Will I'm, Smith. You um, I'm sorry. Idris Elba over Will Smith any day, but I mean, because okay, if you're gonna compare if you're gonna compare how clean this looked and how yeah. grand everything was. Even yeah. if you, they had a smaller cast. Yeah. Aladdin's sets, Aladdin's world just looked so underwhelming compared to this one. But this one isn't costumey. Aladdin was no. very costumey. Yes. But this one, even though it's… It was so flat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there you go. And even if this was in some sort of fantasy world with genie still… Within its own universe, it seemed very clean and cohesive and solid. Yeah, I mean, because it's going to trans, you know, it's going to make you go into a different world, talaga. You yeah. know, like unlike Aladdin, you're supposed to go to Agrabah. No, it just looks like a set. Like exactly. you clearly can tell it's a set. Exactly. This one, no, this one. Blows you're you in away. the world. You are. You're in, in the world. That there you world. go. Yes. You're transported to mm-hmm. it of some sort. There were some people who criticized the, the the approach of the film in framing it around these stories, which actually used some historical figures like Solomon, um, like like Solomon, King Solomon, the Queen Sheba. of Sheba, or um, the, the Sultan of the Ottoman Empire, Murad the yeah. Fourth, and his brother Ibrahim, who really really liked fat prostitutes. Um, I mean, he likes them thick. Good for but you. But apparently that, that's in the history books. Good for but, you, man. So th- there were people who accused the film of Orientalism, of exoticizing the Far East and whatever. But I, I didn't get that sense because you're right. You're absolutely right. Even if um, some of this is supposed to be rooted in reality, it's far enough removed. Um, it's, it's far enough in the fantasy genre that I can forgive it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, um, I don't know, like, because you're not supposed to to take it so seriously, because considering that you're watching, it's a, a movie, fucking genie telling the story, exactly, like, <laughs> right? And then you see how the worlds that he tells us about looks, you know, 
it's like it's it's like three hundred. Three hundred is a fucking campfire story meant to energize the troops. That's why it looks and feels as ridiculous as it does. You're not trying to demonize. I mean, you're not. It's not a propaganda piece against the enemy um, per se, but in the context of the story, it works because it is supposed to be a propaganda piece against the enemy in that world. So here you have a genie who looks back at 3,000 years with a mixture of happiness and sadness and, dare I say it, longing. Whoa, really? Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) How long was he there? In there? 3,000 years. (laughs) I guess if it wouldn't cross people's minds as much, well, for those accusing it of Orientalism, I don't think it'll be as blatant if Tilda's character wasn't white and if it was if it, if she wasn't given the white savior treatment. Because at the same time, oh, parang, if yeah. they still did play up what Misha said was the more the social commentary in the film, because this is also essentially about a woman overcoming mm-hmm. um what society expects of her, right? Like yes. that character. Yes. So if if that was played up a little bit more that, well, I'm a minority too. I'm a woman too. And I have these problems too. Then it wouldn't be as, you know, out there, <laughs> I think. Except for that time where she played a Tibetan wizard. Oh no! No, that, that is… Cumberbatch how to be a magician. I almost forgot she was in the MCU. My point is Good one. My point is Okay. Alright. So now, yeah. so now we've talked about what we like, what we dislike, and what Twitter dislikes. <laughs> Twitter dislikes. So what, what did you guys think about Twitter. the performances of these two very talented people? Kayo na lang muna. No, no, they're 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 fantastic. I, I agree with what Mai said that you really believe that Elba is a three thousand year old Jin because he really brings the weight of it. Yes. The, 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 Sorry. Mm. You really feel that this guy's been through shit. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, he, you, you, and you also totally feel that he does not want to go back into that box. Yep. I, I, I like the fact that he has anxiety every time <laughs> Tilda Swinton's character threatens him. It's like, oh, don't do that. He right. just loses control of his magic and starts, you know, turning into a giant, ripping his bathrobe well, you, a little you, bit. Have you seen the little bottle vessel thing? It's itty bitty living space. <laughs> yes. Aladdin reference. Yeah. I see what you did there. Galing. <laughs> Galing. The, the good Aladdin, by the way, the animated one, not the. Sh- <laughs> I wish I'd thought of it. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, you're, you're absolutely right. He captures the pain of being stuck in that bottle for thousands and thousands of years. And you can clearly see the conflicting impatience and wisdom he's battling inside of him. Of course, he's been living for 3,000 years and throughout narrating these stories that he has. Shampoo, he's learned from that, diba. But at the same mm-hmm, time, mm-hmm. he's like, okay, I know what, what to do, what not to do in terms of like my relationship with whoever I'm supposed to grant these wishes to. But at the same time, he's like, putang ina, 3,000 years na. Ano na, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And, and the thing is, all he really wants, honestly, all he really wants 
is to fulfill his function. He just wants to grant the three wishes so he can move on with his life. Because apparently the rules of the jinn here are once he's done his three wishes, then he can move on. He's not bound by, by, by his obligation anymore. And if you look at the stories mm. that he tells, he tells three main stories to Tilda Swinton to make her fall in love with him, allegedly. Um, the, his biggest mistake is always going above and beyond what's being asked for him. His problem is that he falls in love every single time. <laughs> wow! Grave. I'm sorry. Wow. It's like, and even when he's not in love, he wants to overcompensate just to fulfill his function. So I can see where some people are coming from saying that he's a happy slave trope, but I don't think so. I think that this is just somebody who's so desperate to get out, he'll do whatever it takes. To I, I, just end his suffering once and for all. I think it's just him being such a flawed character. Because the first story wasn't him being trapped in a bottle. It was him losing his love and being trapped in the first… And, you know, getting trapped in the first mm-hmm. place. And he doesn't so, fall in love with all of his masters. Like, the second one, he didn't. No, that's why I said, like, even when he doesn't fall in love, he overcompensates. Mm-hmm. Like, the reason she threw him to the bottom of the sea was because she was so scared by this guy screaming at her to make wishes. I mean, I mean the other one, too. The one he granted the wish to. Uh, what was her name? I forgot her name. I'm so sorry. Bortal. Zephyr? Bortal. Huh? Yeah, that, the, the second girl. <laughs> oh, right. The one… The one the no, young yeah, one. He wasn't in love with he her. Wasn't. But he went above and yeah, beyond. Yeah. Like he was trying to warn her that you know her her prince was dead and the 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 army was on its way. But you know she didn't want to listen. See, he didn't have to go to those lengths. Maybe he's well. just a nice person. <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, you want him to be a nice person? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like. I, I, no, sorry. It's not Bertal. It's Gulten. <laughs> Puta. I looked it up to make sure. But the one who wished to be with the prince and have his child. That the one. one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But you know, there's easier ways to get pregnant than wishing, right? I'm, I'm just saying. I mean, well, no, no, no. no I mean, she, did, <laughs> she did the thing already, but then she couldn't get pregnant fast enough, or she couldn't have, you know, she could, she couldn't have the signs fast enough. So she, I guess, she wished to fast track it. There you go. And then after that, she'd be all like, "Look at me!" And then she wears the flimsiest white dress she has <laughs> and walks into a bath just so she can show off her tummy. Look at me! Yeah, she had that. Like, she had that nice mic drop, more of a pitcher drop moment. Like, look at me, I'm the favorite. <laughs> I'm the favorite. I'm Buddha. No, I'm carrying the next air. That's what. Mm-hmm, oh, well. mm-hmm. Except Suleiman the Magnificent was not known for his um, patience. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we talked about you know this flawed genie. What about this narratologist? It's a very new word for, to me. It was also a new word to me. I didn't know those people existed. <laughs> narratologist. <laughs> I mean, look, I appreciated their lecture, their two-way lecture at the beginning where they're talking about how human beings have always tried to fill in the gaps in our knowledge with myth. And they ended up, you know, with a double shot of the Avengers and the Justice League. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, that's all we really know about her. Yeah. I mean… We know her job. That's it. You know her job. You know she's content with what she has currently. 
Yeah. And you only get glimpses. Like, by the way, it's like, think of it as like a date. If you're watching a date, right? And this mm-hmm. is like where the dude is just talking about himself constantly. And whatever yep. information you find out about the girl, it's just her. Oh, yeah. I can relate to that because of this. And she get, only gets this like a few minutes of talk time before the guy just keeps narrating his own <clears throat> story again. That's how it felt. I think, that, I think, I think that's what I didn't buy it. Yeah. That, that she would fall in love with him because she can relate to his sense of solitude and yeah. longing and all that other yeah. stuff. Because we, we, we're we never given any way to appreciate that she uh, what, what she's gone through. Exactly. And I, I feel like I feel like she she just played it to the best <clears throat> of her capabilities, but there just wasn't enough material. Exactly. For um, her to work there with. is in the book. Um, and not in the script. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's oh. a different animal altogether. But yes, um, yes. J- jumping off of what Misha said. Like if we just had more time to get to know her a little bit. What I got from it was that she fell in love with him because of his ability to share such beautiful stories. And that's something that she's identified with all her life. But that's just a surface thing. You don't really see how deep the feelings go as far as yes. relating to yeah. him. It's just because <clears throat> completely. Parang ang babaw tuloy na parang wow you you so you, you share such beautiful stories and I want to hear more of them forever. Like you know I'm I'm so in love with all these stories. It's more of yes you're in love with the stories, but what makes you fall in love with the Jin himself besides yeah. him being and Andrew Selba. <clears throat> And yes, of course, besides him being just Elba. But, but, but also, when the movie has a chance to let us know who and what she is by giving us glimpses into her everyday life when she moves back to London and she brings the gin with her, the closest we get to seeing what her day-to-day existence is a montage. Yep. It's like the movie didn't care yep. to let us know who she is exactly. or what her struggles are. We know she has two bitchy neighbors, but that's it. That's all we know. That's all we know. And for some reason, George Miller thinks... That there's no electro, there there are no cell phones or television antenna in Istanbul. <laughs> he thinks you know there's no electromagnetic anything in Istanbul because you know they're so fucking backwards. It seems as far as this movie is concerned. But uh, can we talk about the final okay, act? Please, we're there now. We're there now. Okay, okay, we're there. So Tilda Swinton decides to use her first wish not to get a young sexy body, but to make the gin fall in love with her. Because she tells him that she wants to have the love of the ages that she's always dreamed of and that he's always longed for. And they're perfect for each other. We don't quite understand from the movie why they're perfect for each other, but fine, let's go with it. She wants to be loved. Maybe her divorce was just that that uh, traumatizing. We get it. But what I didn't like about that, and this is something that, that Tilda's character realizes only at the very end, is that she takes away any form of consent by making him making his love for her a function of his job as a jinn. You, you know how in his th- in the third story where he's talking about um, serving that genius woman mm-hmm. who would never be considered a genius because she was a woman and he would give her quote unquote power over him by going back to his bottle every time they would fight. Just so she wouldn't make a third wish. Mm. Which, I'm sorry, that's pretty much gaslighting by saying, Look, look what I'm willing to do. Aren't you willing to do something for me? <laughs> I'm sacrificing. Well, fuck off, fuck boy. <laughs> I mean, that is fucking gaslighting, it is, right? It is, it is, it is. It is. <clears throat> 
And knowing that, having heard that story, Tilda still makes the decision to force him to enter into relationship with her, to meet her needs, which again, we're not entirely sure what those needs are because the movie doesn't tell us, but we're to believe that her needs are more important than this poor dude who's been in a bottle for 3,000 years against his will. She's going to put him in a relationship in a new country, in a new context, clear, and apparently he's under constant physical pain because her needs are more important. I don't. And all of this is against his will. There's I, I, no consent in that relationship. Yeah. I don't know what she thought she was getting out of it. I, I really didn't, didn't. I don't know. I just <clears throat> didn't expect that wish. There's a reason Robin Williams said I can't make people fall in love. Yeah, I, I remembered that rule. Actually, it's not just the rule there. It's also been used as a rule in a lot of like wish-fulfilling um, stories that you can't influence people's feelings over. Because it becomes rapey. <laughs> rapey so is the right word. It is rapey. I mean, yeah. if it you is take, rapey. If you take a- it's like bringing back your boyfriend from World War One and putting him in somebody's body and fucking his brains out for a week and then not letting that guy know that you used his body. Uh, uh, consent, people. Consent is important. I don't care if you're a gin. I don't care if you're Tilda Swinton. Yeah, but I guess that's the lesson here. Nga. That's the lesson that they're trying to portray here. But... Yeah, I wish when when it came to the love story part, when she did wish for his love, parang dun ako na disappointed. Parang ha, I thought you were this happy, independent woman with you know. Mm-hmm. That was biglang biglang one eighty, complete yeah. one eighty, right? Yes. Yeah. So dun ako na disappointed. Na like, oh, like I get it. He is Idris Elba, but you said you were happy. Oh, <laughs> oh, you're you're not gonna like this, but the movie that only shows them like embracing maybe once and it just implies that their sexual relationship read the not read the book i kind of want to now <laughs> i really do and maybe after this recording i'll like find a copy maybe or it's a short book Lot, long, right it's a novella. yeah it's, a, it's part of a it's part of a compilation yeah it's a part go. of a bunch of short stories cool. um yes there's there is sexy times in there i, w- I mean i don't know why the movie times. thought to avoid it because again the the movie was just more concerned about I, the gin stories. I, I don't know. Now, now that we've talked about it so much, but it just reinforces my 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 thought from before. You know, <laughs> I think this is just George Miller playing around with CGI. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's after after their initial exchange of stories. Well, not so much on Alicea's side. But everything was just CG, CG set design, CG. And then after that, we don't really. You know, we kind of lose track of the focus of the whole story because it had so much potential with the conversations that they would take. Because it, I mean, that's what I enjoyed the most in this movie were the conversations <laughs> they had in the beginning. Yeah, and it had so oh, much yes, potential. Yes. It had, it just had so much potential that you think that the meat of the story would be that, mm-hmm. and then there we we would have more of that towards the end. But no, it was just really like this is my story from three thousand years ago, moving yeah. moving past a hundred years. Yeah, it, it never set them up as equals who want the same thing. At the end of the yeah. day, it's still a slave-master relationship yeah. that she took advantage mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, with regards to George Miller being enamored by the storytelling aspect of it, I get it. I absolutely get it. One of my favorite sto- Superman stories is a story where Superman essentially does more good in his job as a reporter t- by writing a story than, you know, by throwing cars in the air. Nerd. 
Yeah, no, no, no. But and it took another friend to point it out to me. The reason you like that story is because you're a writer, and the writer part of Clark Kent did more good than the Superman part. That's why you like it. I think that's what George Miller fell in love with. Mm. He fell in love with the storytelling aspect. He wasn't interested in fleshing out Tilda's character. He wasn't yeah. interested in showing what it's like to be a woman through the ages mm. or a woman in the modern day and juxtaposing the two and making a commentary on it. Maybe he wasn't willing, maybe he wasn't interested, or maybe he just wasn't qualified. But at the end of the day, maybe he should have found somebody who was to help him out. Yeah, he did co-write this with someone else. It wasn't just well, purely yes. George Miller. Yes, but at the end of the day, final word is his. Yeah. Um. So the f- the structure of it is like you enjoy the first two acts because you are sucked into the beautiful world of the Jin's life. So two mm-hmm. thirds of it, it's just like okay, in between him telling his story of of over three thousand years and maybe seeing a glimpse of the conversations he has with Alethea, um, so much of the movie has been has been focused on his past. But then again, when it came to the third act, when it's now at the present, it's like, bruh, we didn't even learn enough about Alithea in the first place. And now when we get to the present, it's bitin naman. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So, um, so it reminded me, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of City of Angels. Only Fuck that movie. <laughs> yes, exactly. Only not annoying. She deserved to die. <laughs> She deserved to die. You're on a bike going downhill with your eyes closed and your arms stretched out to your side. You're not even holding the fucking handlebars. You deserve to get run over as many times as they're allowed to show in a PG movie. Sometimes she doesn't even get run over in real life. I doubt she would get run over. She'd probably fall and hit her head or crash into something. Yeah. It was so fucking stupid. But, I swear. Yes, but this is way better than City of Angels. But it reminded me of that in the sense that you worked so hard to get to this certain goal. Or, you know, Idris Elba has told so much of his story onto why he deserves, you know, to be free or to have his to have him just fulfill his purpose, right? So when we're getting there and you think that they're gonna have a happy ending, big lang whap. Bitin sis. Wala na. <laughs> Wala na. Bigla na lang. One day you see this montage of her like living her happy life, coming home to this man who just like seems to understand. Is her slave. Yeah. He literally just sits yeah, there all day waiting for her to come home. It's- yes, but that's biglang one day she comes home and then he's, you know, withering away. <laughs> so I to kind of like make sense of that, I don't know. I wish they showed more of the happy kind of life they had before the jinn started being, you know, Thanos snapped and everything so yes just, yeah. just, just to make I mean, it even more heartbreaking in a I sense mean, because ka parang wala kakarating lang natin London ilang araw lang tapos holy shit eto na nag, nag, ano, nagiging abo na siya tangina <laughs> yes I mean, and I really thought it was fucking stupid when at some point before they even get to London he establishes that genies are made of electromagnetic material and I'm like number one he technically shouldn't even know that word <laughs> and number two 
What do we care? And then, oh, because they're using it to justify because the plot. Be parang hindi because na naman kailangan eh. Parang you don't need yes. to go the science route for that because yes. it could just be as simple as maybe it's a space-time continuum thing we don't understand. No, or mean, maybe it's a like, reality multiverse thing that he does have to wither away in another world. For me nga, kung ganun, it's just simply magic. Some things we yeah. can't understand. I, they look, even, I don't they even say it in the beginning because things they don't understand. Now, is ma- it's was a fairy magic. tale. It's a fairy tale. Now yes. we have science. But yeah, right? look. But the thing is, the she was not doing him a mercy. She was not doing him no. a mercy by releasing him because it was her selfish, her selfishness that brought him there in the first place. Yeah. She almost redeemed herself though by what with that live laugh live uh, what is live, it laugh, almost, love. live laugh <laughs> with that live laugh love bullshit at the end where they meet every couple of no, years in the park that's why i said Fuck almost off. that's why i said almost <laughs> redeemed herself by relinquishing him but then you know like you i was so mad at the ending yeah. she ends the movie not having learned a single goddamn thing oh. because not only did she get to read experienced the love of the ages for a little while before he Thanos snapped <laughs> and she had to release him, you know. But oh, she got she used the stories that he told to write a new book, which I'm telling you she's gonna sell because she's that kind of bitch. <laughs> but at the, and but also, you know, I let you go because I'm so kind. Oh, but you come back to me every couple of she years. Just, so I get to have my cake and eat and, it. She didn't learn Jack. And you know, <laughs> I mean, like, would you blame her if she wanted Idris Elba as her, you know? Thank you for understanding benefit. my. <laughs> thank you, you know, for like understanding my train of thought. Friend, right? Like, Look, if like, you want, kidding. if you want Idris just Elba kidding. as your fuck toy, at least be honest about I, it. I, Stop I, trying to make it sound like some great love story. I'm not gonna write. It, I ain't gonna write shit. We're just gonna. <laughs> <laughs> she ain't gonna write shit. They're gonna do gonna shit. shit. Oh my that's god. The, that's our difference. <laughs> that's the difference between me and Alethea. I'm not gonna write shit. I'm just gonna do shit. Okay. okay. <laughs> wait. Wait. Okay. Oh god. And there ain't oh gonna be god. no live, laugh, I'm love monologue right at the end. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Anyway. Uh, A magical friend with benefit. Idris ooh, Elba. The do shit that time. Would be Awesome. <sighs> With his consent, of course. But anyway, wait, wait, wait. Okay. Um, before <laughs> before we got sidetracked. <laughs> <laughs> before we got sidetracked. Um, so she wished to be with him because she was enthralled with him and his magical stories, right? But we didn't really see much of that when they were finally together. Exactly. She was infatuated with him. She wasn't in love yeah, with him. So, no. so he told her a couple of stories. That's enough to get him into her pants. They didn't even get to a second date. You know, I Whoa. kind of expected the movie to progress a little bit more past the room. Yeah. Right? Yes. Diba? Yeah, so, I mean, alam mo yun, yeah, but it, it, maybe that's, well, I don't know, a part of me is trying to think of a benefit of the doubt. Like, maybe that's the point. It's like yanking it from us because we can't have that satisfaction. I don't know. Yeah. Then how can we appreciate I mean, it when it's taken away? Yeah, remember remember the, 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 the Sunset series with Ethan Hawke, right? And Joey oh. Delpy. And then, uh-huh. Imagine that kind of conversation. Perry, you put the that, you added. I would like, have loved that. Yes, that's what I thought I was what watching I th- at the beginning. Exactly. Because that's what the first impression was until, you know, the latter part of the second act. And then the entire third act. I was like, oh, kind of lost it. <laughs> but okay. I guess yeah. he's rolling and with at, it. And at the end, you know, they basically established that he's dying because of all the electromagnetic um, cellular 
and Wi-Fi and TV and radio signals that are bouncing around London. And I thought it was just so dumb because, and this is not going to surprise anybody, but they never even get the goddamn London in, in the book. Oh. Oh. That's why they never had to introduce any electromagnetic bullshit. <laughs> what they do is that, yes, she wishes for a younger body, number one. Number two, yes, she does wish for him to fall in love with her, but we understand her a little bit more in the book. And... Because they met at a conference, right? He becomes her companion. They travel. Aww. They actually go to another conference Cute. where she uses insights that she picked up from him to talk about aging, to talk about mortality, oh to talk about the role of women that in society. Amazing. She gives a fantastic lecture in that one. And it's in delivering that talk that she realizes that she has to let she realizes she has to let him go. Because if she was anywhere near as enlightened as she pretended to be on stage, then how the fuck, what the fuck right does she have to hold someone against his will Aww. and force him to be in love Sobrang, with her? See, that's a good goddamn Sobrang ending. Sobrang sayang. They oversimplified it. Parang na-reduced they really to did. a love story. When, uh, so now, I need to know, is he like an Aladdin genie? Where he's free, but he still got powers. I mean, he was kicking a clearly a CGI football at the end. Mm. So <laughs> no, he's Idris Elba. He can do anything. <laughs> I, I am <laughs> not. I am not gonna contest my Isha. Just say it's a real. Okay, football. fine, fine, it's fine. Have you seen that video meme? He can be a chemist. He can be a barista. He can be whatever he wants because he's fucking Idris Dude, Elba. Fucking Idris fine. Elba was even a pro Muay Thai fighter at one point. Fine, and a DJ. Idris Elba. Idris Elba can kick CGI DJ. soccer balls in real life. Okay. <laughs> okay but okay. Uh, um, in all seriousness, medyo sayang yun. But okay. If we do stick to whatever material we have and not be original. Okay. Yes. Ito, yes. Here's, Sorry. Here's, I mean, you have a g- really great point and we, that's exactly how and, we wish it ended up because it would have given Alitea so much more depth, right? But with what we have, um, as beautiful as the storytelling parts were like in the past, for me, there were some parts that you didn't really care much about na hindi na siya kailangan, which I felt that some parts that we didn't yes. care about should have just been given to fleshing out Alethea's character. Alethea, yes, yeah. exactly. Like, for, Are we talking about the security at the airport? Yes. That also included like, oh, wh- what's the fuss about the bottle? Whatever. But okay, that also, but I'm talking about the past. Like, for instance, the brothers. Um, see, I hope I'm saying their names right. See, Murad and Ibrahim. And yes. this is particularly weak for me because the jinn didn't have a personal connection with these two. So right. Just, mm-hmm. Other than that, they're historical yeah. figures. It's the only yeah. connection. So right. It just so happened that Ibrahim, the the um, the fat brother, his concubine. He likes big butts and he cannot Yes, lie. he does. Yes. <laughs> I don't judge him for that. <laughs> It's like, yeah, yeah, dude. Um, but okay. Um, so his mistress slash concubine found the lamp and wished Jin back into it, right? So he cursed him back to the river and everything after he scared her. So um, you're the, right. The, we didn't need to know yeah, anything about the brothers. I didn't need to brothers. know that. Nope. It's like, but with the others, he interacted with personally. You saw their relationship. You saw his relationship with the girl who wanted to marry the prince. You saw his relationship with the the girl who wanted to know everything, right? So with Zephyr, yeah. right, the genius. So uh, I wish they took more of that time that we didn't need to the latter third of the movie. 
You know? Mm-hmm. Although it's great to see the jinn's past to understand him more, we should also be more focused yeah, on the present. you're right. Because yeah. that's mainly what the story is about. It's about the jinn and Alethea. Right, So here, right. the past was meatier than the present. Which is right. exactly why I thought like the second half, the second half was devoted to 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 CGI play, like to George Miller just playing around with his visuals. That's it. Because it, you know, it, that part was just pretty boring. You know, it, it not 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 boring, but I would say useless to it's the like, entire story. No, 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 it's like where is this going? Yeah. I literally yeah. had that thought at some yeah, point. Yeah, like where is this going? It was. Well, he's in the bottle. It was all interest. He, he, he's yeah. just in the bottle. Like he's not interacting with these two. Yeah. You know. or unless he's just all, like whispering to was it Murad? Yeah, he was whispering to Murad to try and find him, but then that's it. Free, much it. free. <laughs> but then the dude just went and got drunk. <laughs> mm. Oh, you know what else? You know what else? Um, the two racist neighbors. What the hell were they even in this movie for? Number I, one. I, wait, I, and number two, I don't give a shit that I they think, tried your your foreign snacks. I'm gonna try and defend that. But I don't think it'll, you know, but I think it was just to tell you how what kind of world we live in these days. Like like we need another If that is like George Miller's attempt at right? commentary. It's like, right. No, but if that look, the the whole racism issue is a hotbed right now, especially in London. But if they all they're gonna do is pay empty lip service to it, then I wish they didn't bother because it just wasted our time. Mm. Mahi's right. That is time that they could have spent developing Alethea, honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, given that we've um, spoken about what we loved and what we didn't like, um, what were your favorite parts of the movie? If you have any. The, I guess the storytelling parts. I mean, just like how yeah. it was weaved. Except for the brothers, which that was the only point I was like, what's connect But everything else… It was also the longest story. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. But everything oh, else, you could see how all of these years have affected the jinn and why he is how he is. And I really liked it about that. And you can see how flawed he is and how know. he's grown somehow from that. So, I actually like the last story. The one with the, the genius. The genius lady. That, that was heartbreaking. Yeah. Yes. That was just freaking heartbreaking. It, you know, like it just showed you how flawed he is as a as a mystical being, as a creature of magic, and then how that he's also kind of traumatized in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like imagine being stuck in a bottle for about like before before he gets to three thousand, like two thousand or something. Like how traumatizing that could be, being you know isolated, just alone with his thoughts, regardless of him being a ma- magic creature or whatever. And he doesn't sleep. So imagine being awake for three thousand years. Like fuck, man. Mm. It'll give you such a crank in the neck. Itty bitty living space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Misha? Um, honestly, um, I like this one bit where he talks about how lonely he is, and he encapsulated it all by saying that none of us really exist unless we're real to other people. Mm. That's why it hurt him mm. just being this invisible thing for all these years or being trapped in the bottle all of these years. Because, and yes, this goes back to what, something that we talked about in our, in our episode about nope. Everybody wants to be seen. Everybody wants to be loved. Everybody wants to be acknowledged. And I think if the movie spent a little bit more time playing that up on 
Alethea side and not just the Jin side, would have had, I would have nicer things to say about the movie. But as it is, I really only liked the genie telling his stories. And that line about how we only really exist when we're real to other people, um, that just gives me a frustrating glimpse at the movie we could have gotten mm. or that we should have gotten based on the source material. Hmm. Oh, one thing I actually like or kind of hate now that I think about it. I, I, I like the, the papyrus of- font. <laughs> no. The papyrus font for the subtitles. No. no. Adding to the Orientalism. No. No. Worst it's not that. Ever. Oh my God. I had to squint there. <laughs> I had to squint. But anyway. I was like, what I, the I shit? I liked it for... papyrus. I don't, I don't know why though. People I have bad eyesight. It. I have bad eyesight. Okay, I had to squint watching this. It's okay. The fil- filmmakers had bad judgment. So. But anyway, you know, like no, I like the interactions we got in the first part where it was just purely her and it, it was purely Alethea and the genie. You know, I liked it because of how the performances were made were, were done by both actors. I kind of hate it because we couldn't. We, it wasn't maximized to what it could have been. We could have gotten so much more from that. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I mean, but we can't reward it for what it could have been. Except, All we yeah. can do, Mai's right, is just judge what we saw on the screen. Yeah. And it is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got some nice bits, but overall, it, it doesn't hold up. And if you look at it, the bigger picture, it, it it's just kind of disturbing in reinforcing slave master <laughs> um, dynamics and white savior complex. Yeah, I, so. I wish they were like portrayed, like you said, more as equals. That would have like yes. helped a lot. Yes. That would have been badass. Mm. Then they could spin it off into a sitcom. My pal and Genie. <laughs> Genie and me. Uh, Genie and her. Nah. Uh, g- g- yeah. Given our thoughts, okay, would you guys recommend this movie? Yeah. Um, I would. Um, I I would because George Miller's career is just fascinating. Again, four Mad Maxes, two Happy Feets, two Babe movies, The Witches of Eastwick, and one-fourth the Twilight Zone movie. Um, The guy has an incredible track record. Mm -hmm. Um, It's interesting to see how he's able to handle different genres, different textures, different narratives and all. So even if this one isn't entirely a home run, I think it still has enough going for it that it's worth a watch. Yep. Same, same. Could have been so much more, but it's still a treat to the eyes. Idris Elba. Yes. Oh my <laughs> no. God. I was pertaining to the sets and the okay, visuals. Okay, no, no, no. How would you get past his legs? Tell me. Huh? The dude did not exfoliate for 3,000 years. Look at his legs. <laughs> Nothing like a good BHA and AHA and salt scrub couldn't fix. I'm just kidding. Okay. And you know, he smells like sulfur all the time. He's he's burning. Mm, Burning. Anyway. Okay. Um, (laughs) No. Okay. I think at least for what we have, it was compelling enough for the parts that I really liked to still merit a yes from me. Because you know what? It is a visual treat still. It is like reading a really well-written book for the most part. So the letdown wasn't so bad that I would dismiss all of that altogether. But it's just so compelling and beautiful enough to actually also experience in the big screen. You know, the visual feat of the Jin's past. Yes, obviously. But also the simplicity of the conversations they have 
how they they bring it down from an all-out fantasy as he tells the story. But when it's just the two of them, they kind of like bring the conversation down to something we can relate to, something very humane and deep for at least the most part. So it's still a yes. And it's Idris Elba. I, I would watch… I would watch… A 90-minute yes. play with Idris Elba and Tilda yes. Swinton in bathrobes. Yes! Just talking yes. in a hotel room. I would watch the shit out Me of this. Me too. Me too as well. I would emphasize on Tilda Swinton talking because, you know, the movie huh? just gave us primarily Idris Elba. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I'm not complaining but I also… I want to have my cake and eat it too and also get more of Tilda Swinton. <laughs> By yeah. cake, you mean Idris Elba, right? Yes. And his scaly legs. And more nga, plus still the swim. Uh, so I'm really greedy. His, okay. I'm being okay. really greedy at this point. <laughs> so you want to be the filling in a thespian sandwich? Yes. Yes. That's what <laughs> you want say. to masticate with them. That, let's not put it in those like terms, but you already know that it's a yes. <laughs> Not, you know. You're ruining the moment for her. I don't think so. Choice of words, man. Choice of words. Mastic. Okay. All right. So. <laughs> Choice of words. Given the. Uh, <laughs> what's a masticate? Sorry. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. So now we've all recommended. You know, we're recommending this movie. Enough with the corny jokes, the dad jokes. Okay. Once again, we hope you liked our episode on 3,000 Years of Love. And she finally breaks out the song. We are the Saboteurs. My name is Angel. I'm Misha. Mai's busy. And that's Mai. That's Mai. Yeah, she's busy. She's busy. Alright. Okay, catch us on our social Saboteurs. We. <laughs> <laughs> you got any movies for us you want to review or any suggestions for us to watch? Catch us on our socials um, at Saboturs. What is our Instagram handle again? Oh my god, she's gonna have to start the song again. And <laughs> I think you do because his whole spiel. For century of lonely nights. Okay. If you guys have anything you want for us to watch and review, catch us on our social Subotors Pod at Subotors Podcast. We have our Facebook group at Subot. Ah, we have our Facebook group Subotors. We like movies and our official Facebook page Subotors Podcast. My body saying, "Let's go." My goodness, that was a struggle. I wish for you to stop now. If you want, okay, bye.